Welcome to another episode of A Competitive Couple, a podcast where we cover great games to play on your tabletop as a twosome. I'm Charlotte Collins and with me is Jamie Chad. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi. Hello there. Hi. More more games. More episode games. seven. Episode seven. Episode How seven. do we make it to episode seven? That's seven twelfths of a year. Well, except we've like mi- hang on. Oh yeah, we've missed several episodes, haven't we? Yeah, maybe, maybe. <laughs> but still, seven seven's a good number. It is. It's not a very well celebrated number. Seven I feel. Horcruxes. I, that, I mean, that's a reference I don't get. I, I'm not really a fan <laughs> of Lord of the Rings, so oh, I wouldn't know. <laughs> seven maids of Milkin, I believe, is my biggest thing to do with seven. I can't think of anything else to do with seven, really. I it's a prime number. Is that a thing? No, maths, no. It's definitely a prime number. Don't I mean, don't argue. I mean, no, no, I mean, isn't it's just numbers. Oh, okay, no, it's just knowing numbers. the general numbers. So it's it's probably a rubbish anniversary as well, isn't it? Seven. Seven's probably like the leftover milk carton anniversary. You know, it's like those tin paper plastic milk carton. Yeah. It's probably seven. It's not like a big one. But to us, it's important, right? Yeah, definitely. I feel definitely. really satisfied that we're on episode seven. Yeah. We've played a lot of games for those seven episodes. Absolutely. We, we've been on a roll this it's year. Massive. It's we? like over 60, 70 games we've played since we started this podcast, which is pretty epic. Yeah, definitely. I think it's something to be proud of. Especially because we're like just two amateurs sitting in our kitchen, basically. Kitchen lounge, I think. Open kitchen plan. lounge. <laughs> open plan. <laughs> sitting in our open plan office. <laughs> In Soho, just... <laughs> As if. Oh. Soho oh, being the centre of board games in the UK, obviously. <laughs> yeah, I don't know where that came from. <laughs> I don't think... I don't know. I'm going to say north. North. <laughs> north. Up north, those northern board gamers. Yeah, There's nothing better than those Yorkshire folk, lad, than a good game of Monopoly and a cup of tea. Oh my God, don't... Don't don't scare away the few <laughs> Welcome to Jamie's accent corner. It's bad. <laughs> you may find it offensive. It's very offensive. <laughs> So what's uh, coming up today's episode then? Well, we're actually going to try out a new feature. Drum roll. Drum roll, because it's very exciting. I thought we'd dabble on a bit of news. So I'm going to do a uh, 30 second board game news blast, which desperately needs a new name, but I just sort of went, meh. Blast. Yeah, blast. I thought it sounds sufficient in some ways. But yeah, the concept being, against the clock, I try and smash through all the headlines to hit the world of board gaming this month. So a bit of a lighthearted take on board gaming news. Blast, smash, hit. I mean, I mean, if you come up with a better name, you're really going to be throwing this news at us. It's great. Please do let us know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, As normal, we're also going to be chatting about our first impressions of a few games we played this month. We've got a future chat about. Quite excited to get to the meat of the podcast in that. Um, it's always good to chat about the new, the new games we played. Coming up later as well, <laughs> we'll be playing another game of Gullible Gamer, where I present Charlotte with three games, she has to guess which one is fake. And as per usual, we'll finish the episode with a discussion. Uh, this week we're going to be digging into exactly why we game. So I know previously we've talked a little bit about kind of what got us into gaming, but what's kind of the thing that kind of keeps us coming back to it? Thought, just a nice little personal what? chat. Now the why, <laughs> next time the where, or yeah. the how. Yeah, absolutely. Great. Often just at, at, a, a, table, at a table, mostly. Amazing. At home. I mean, sorted, you yeah. know. We're going to be short podcast episodes. It will be. So let's uh, chug on to our uh, <laughs> the, this brand new feature, I like shall the we? chugging, yeah. Yeah, I mean, so fun fact for everyone. I recently uh, graduated with a master's degree in multimedia journalism. Um, can you still say recently if it was a year ago? Uh, yes. I mean, it's, it's comparative, but yeah, absolutely. Oh, good, good. But yeah, um, so, I mean, job hunting for this last year or so hasn't quite gone the way I've hoped. Uh, that's the, uh, the short story of that. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, that's where this kind of 
blog and podcast kind of came from originally kind of way to channel some of that kind of creative energy and discuss this hobby with Jamie and you lot and I don't know where I'm going with this sentence it's a bad sentence so I thought I'd uh I thought I'd take it one step further and introduce some news to the podcast and see how it goes very um, exciting but kind of keeping in vain with the rest of the podcast I just wanted it to be a bit more of a light-hearted take so Jamie is going to time me I'm going to see how many headlines from last month I can whiz through in 30 seconds in my best news voice. There's going to be some jazzy sound effects. So yeah, without further ado, here's all your board gaming news from September. On my first whistle. Oh, you're actually going to... Ca- I, I would appreciate oh, you counting gla- in. Uh, gladiators. Oh, I haven't looked at this for a couple of days. So this is terrifying. Okay. Is Three. it going to make a beep? No. Oh, okay. I can make a beep. Yeah, I mean, you Let could. Me make a beep. <laughs> Three, two, one, beep. Uh, Azul's won this year's Deutsche Spielpreis, <laughs> making it the first game since Dominion to win both the Spiel DRs and the Deutsche Spielpreis. I don't know why I had to start with the German thing. Um, X-Wing 2.0 is out, which means there's a new squad. There's now a squadron building app, uh, better faction identity, streamlined action, new swizzly dials, turrets, and different apparently. And the Force is now a thing. Oh my god! Uh, digital versions of Pandemic, Settlers as a Catan, Munchkin, and Lord of the Rings LCG are all coming to Nintendo Switch sometime soon. <laughs> Uh, no, ah. time out. Oh my time god, time. I wow. didn't even get anywhere. Wow. Shit. There's I been, want to do a pandemic. There's been two news in the last month. No, Just no, no, two no. news. Uh, three. 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 Come on, I oh, came that to was pre- three. I must admit, starting with Azul probably shot me in the foot. That I'm, I'm going to blame Azul for this. That was bad. What, what is the fourth news item? I'd love to know. Uh, there's a new spin-off of Pandemic coming out. Pandemic Fall of Rome, which trades deadly diseases for barbarian warriors. I'm really excited. Are we allowed to touch on these new topics a bit, or is it just one? Yeah, sentence? no, no. I mean, go I'm for really it. Really excited about this this pandemic one because yes. we played Pandemic Cthulhu, and while it was cool to see the pandemic thing taken in a sort of combaty way, it kind of wasn't different enough to differentiate it from Pandemic. This new Rome one looks really cool and mm. a great little intro to almost wargamey type things to people. It just looks really, really fun. And we're both like civilization yeah. uh, nerds, aren't we? As in, like, you know, video games. Yeah, love a bit of ancient but, um, it's, it's a great direction to take that series in, I think. And ancient history is something I'm hugely fascinated by, so I'm all for that as well. So I'm really interested to see that. So what, this build of the arts, that was yes. Azul and the Mind, wasn't it? Were, like, yes, the two favourites for that. for that. The, um, yeah, so, but it's now also, I mean, it's won some other uh, awards as well now as well to alongside spiel yards also i should probably say i i, I apologize for my german pronunciation because I, I, I don't know how to pronounce no the deutsch deutsche spielpreis which is what i think <laughs> yeah. i did it's more the face that i can see <laughs> that would be offensive which is <laughs> considering my nan spoke german and you know german swiss <laughs> this is probably she's probably like what are you doing, girl? But, um, so, all seems like a worthy winner. It Popular does. consensus seems to yeah, I mean, agree with it. It's probably a bit, we haven't added it to our collection yet, but we, we love it. I mean, it was we? out of stock when we were looking Yeah, every time it, we go like to get it, months. it's out of stock. Um, so. It's complex enough to be interesting, but not complex enough to put people off. You could get anyone from, you know, your, probably your 12-year-old brother to your 70-year-old nan, and they'd probably manage to play it with you i mean aren't you happy that i squeezed in some x-wing news i mean I'm i spent ecstatic. probably now i think about it a little bit too long talking about x-wing i spent longer <laughs> punching out all the cardboard that came in my conversion kit to be honest that yeah, that felt like a shift okay. at work that did but it's very exciting okay well um 
let us know if you like that or whether you think it should burn. Right then, onward to our little uh, first impressions segment. Couple of new games. This first one we've played before. We played a little coffee and dice. We tried to get grips with the rules. We kind of got our way there eventually, but probably didn't play 100% great. And then you bought it for my birthday. Great birthday present. Star Wars Rebellion. I mean, that's a big box. It's a huge <laughs> That box. is a hefty tome. You should have seen me trying to get it secretly into the flat. Yeah, it didn't quite squeeze into the usual nook and crannies we use in the flat to hide things. Star Wars Rebellion. So what is Star Wars Rebellion? It's a FFG game, so it's got all the wonderful production that you associate with um, that company and the licenses it does. It's... It's got two boards to start with that you have to put together. That's how big it is. It's a card-driven miniatures war game, grand strategy game, um, where you play the dark side and the light side, and you're basically recreating your own sort of mashup of the original trilogy of Star Wars. So it kind of follows the same thing where the Imperials are going after the Rebel base, and as the Rebels, you've got to try and overthrow the Empire. But you have just some different tweaks to it. For instance, I tried to destroy the Death Star with Wedge, the X-Wing pilot, and I failed. <laughs> Badly. That was depressing because there were two Death Stars on the loose at that time. My favourite uh, bit was when I found the Rebel base and there was only one X-Wing protecting it. <laughs> Did a daring <laughs> a daring mission. Han Solo took all the people from the Rebel base to a nearby planet to crush the troops and then you managed to land on the guess the right planet on your next turn oh, and there yes. was just one little X-Wing. Then theoretically, that could have been quite an anticlimactic end to a plus five hour or so game yeah. but I really liked it I thought it was hilarious I think it was good because I, I you know I, I left the base for a reason and I was hoping you wouldn't get quite there but you did no no um, unlucky so considering I did think it was somewhere else on the board yeah and then was just suddenly uh, you threw me with a kind of a move that you did and I was yeah. like oh I must be close by it was really enjoyable and and, and like the main concept is is that hidden bit where the rebel is asymmetrical as well so the rebel mm-hmm. player's got this hidden base not as many troops has got different cards and stuff to play compared to the Empire that's got just an abundance of ships everywhere on the board. Special projects to play here and there. You've got all your favourite heroes and leaders and stuff from the Star Wars universe. Vader, Sunti Fell, Ace of Legend, Han Solo, Chewbacca, Obi-Wan, everyone's in the mix. Um, Luke starts weak, becomes a Jedi. Didn't know a game because I forgot to recruit him. Bad, bad oversight there. <laughs> um, but yeah, we really enjoyed it, I think. And it's definitely oh, going to be one yeah. we bust out. It's- three or four times a year it's an interesting one because when we played at board game cafe i enjoyed it a lot but i think it's a hard one to kind of play somewhere like a board game cafe where there's noise and you're learning something for the first time and it's something that kind of heavy it's quite tricky whereas i like i liked learning it again then really at home and i could appreciate more of the intense like that you know we've talked about this many times before on here Kind of the storytelling moments. The, what the gripped story me. is so good, and I like yeah. I loved those moments in our game where yeah. it was really like you know. And it is a very cinematic intense. game, and this yes. is still we we still only just played the beginner learner game, so there's yeah. still quite a few really cool things that we didn't do in this game, which we'll probably introduce next time. Uh, we did play over two sessions, so we started one evening, picked up the next probably two, well three hour and an hour and a half session maybe. So it probably takes about four hours to play probably get that time down a bit once you've learned the rules yeah i've read somewhere that you people generally get it down to sort of about three yeah i think that's maybe, fair which on par really with our longer yeah, Eldritch Eldritch Horror games. things like that so that's right it's a good it's good to have a game it's that's balanced i mean there's a team variation where you can play two teams of two um which i hear mixed reports from i think preferred option is the two-player game and 
for you know a competitive asymmetric two-player game, there's probably not another better one out there that I can think of really Absolutely. in terms of board games. Um, it's just phenomenal how it's set up and you're literally doing different things. And I think the various strategies that you'll get over time are great. And then five or six played down the road or whatever, you then swap roles and suddenly. You've gone, oh, I only had like four ships as a rebel player all this time. Now I've got like 70,000. <laughs> I don't know what to do with them. Um, so I think it's going to be really good down the road yeah, as well. Absolutely. It's an absolute cracker of a two-player game, yeah. I find. And I can say that as a non-Star Wars fan as well. Yeah. You don't have to be super mega into Star Wars. No to enjoy this game. I think it's really good value for money. So was it about 70, 80, 60? Um, yeah. I mean, I don't... A girl doesn't tell when <laughs> <laughs> about uh, presents. Okay. Um, but yeah, I would say you can get it for around sort of £60 mark, probably cheaper. Yeah, and you get um, a, a ton of miniatures in there, yes. a ton of replay value. Um, there's an expansion that's recently come out as well, which I didn't know until the other day, focuses on the Rogue One film, so that's brand new stuff oh, right. um, from that from that film, so it ties in with the, that original trilogy as well. So yeah, Rebellion, great game, we definitely recommend it for a two-player collection. Um, good price point as well for what you get, I think you'll get hours of fun. Okay, so uh, next game we were going to talk about. At the end of last month, I sold Robinson Crusoe and Mysterium um, to generally quite well-loved games but ones that we just didn't really get on with or I definitely didn't really click with and I didn't see that it made sense to still keep them if I didn't get that much enjoy them enjoyment from them and what I did with the I sold them on eBay and what I did with the money is I bought role player and I I'm so so happy with that decision <laughs> I think it's the best decision I've made this year yep <laughs> I mean there's probably better ones but Still, yeah, I'm dead chuffed with role player. I don't know about you, but um, basically, it is a dice placement game uh, where you create a D and D esque uh, adventurer. So you roll and draft dice to build up your character's attributes. You purchase weapons and armor to to. I was going to say style your hero, but I don't think they're wearing it as a style statement, are they? They're a little uh... some of the, some of the shields look quite oh, yeah, pretty and luxurious. Yeah, and you kind of train to gain skills, you discover your hero's traits, prepare them for their little quest. Um, basically, the whole concept being, yeah, the goal of earning reputation stars by constructing the perfect RPG character person. But yeah, it's a, it's a game by Thunderwork Games. A game for one to four players. I find it plays really well at two players. It's definitely a bit of a multiplayer solitaire game. I don't know if you would agree with me kind of yeah, there. I, so. I can't actually think of any interaction except with the market. But Yeah, a little bit of hate drafting maybe or a little bit of trying to beat someone to something of buying these items. But uh... but I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing anyway. The whole like I think it's good to have like kind of a, a game where you can get really kind of nice to have a game where you can get stuck into yeah. your a puzzle really it's quite a puzzly game it's, I yeah really it's very it. puzzly yeah I think I actually kind of prefer it to Sagrada although I do think Sagrada is a bit more accessible it, out of the two games it's I think I'd bring out like Sagrada for friends and family who aren't really into board gaming um, but I still reckon there's both space for both in a collection yeah they are, they are quite similar I think I might just lean towards Sagrada just oh. I think I prefer the theme. I think the theme sits a bit better with how the game plays. Um, I really, I really I, like roleplay. But I like how it. I think it's perhaps because I mean I don't play D and D myself, 
but I'm really into critical role at the moment so I really like the whole character creation and also I, mean, I love character creation in any video game Jamie's yeah, watched me with yeah. frustration as I create a character for about like you know an hour I don't know something then play this. then play about half an hour of the game and they'll be like I don't like that character <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's me, everyone. But no, I like it, and I think I prefer because it's a bit more. I would say more puzzly than um, oh, Sagrada. Much, much mafia. I really, really like it. Yeah, it's been really good, and all three, three or four of our games have been really close as well. I think Absolutely. you're still unbeaten, but the last one went down to a tiebreaker, and they've all been within a couple of points. Scores aren't massive; you only go sort of thirty-five tops. Um, yeah, we tried so some different close. strategies as well, haven't yeah. we? In each one, my last yeah, the, one didn't the, pay off. The, you won that one. The variation between the characters is quite good in different powers, um, which is quite nice. Um, design and everything's really nice as well. So yeah. yeah, it's definitely a good purchase. We've also played uh, this month the Chameleon. Um, so not really a two-player game. Going off on a tangent to a three to eight-player game. Um, so the Chameleon is a social deduction game lightning quick if you've played the resistance or other games like that they can go on for maybe 15 20 minutes half an hour maybe um depending on how many players playing with this is just it's going to be like 10 minutes even at the top player count i think basically you've got a nice grid of words in the middle of you kind of like code name 25 words around a topic you'll roll a dice uh on your and you can reference the dice's coordinates to see what word is that the secret word one of you is a chameleon and doesn't know what that word is and um then you go around and everyone says a word that's kind of linked to the secret word but not overly obvious. And then the chameleon is in the corner, sweating, going, crap, what's the secret word? I now need to pretend I know what the word is. Um, if they get found out, they lose. If they don't get found out, they escape and they win. Really quick. I literally think each round took us probably five minutes um, when yeah. we played it with five players. Yeah. Um, and really fun. Yeah. I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, it's I really think. nice, really simple. Um, I feel uh, like it's the sort of game that... Um, it's a bit kinder than the resistance, if that makes sense. Absolutely, yeah. Resistance can end up in a lot of friendly confrontation, but it can be a bit shouty. Yeah. A bit accus- accusatory. Um, the chameleon has like a two-minute segment where you sort of discuss and bluff a bit about who might be the chameleon, and then you'll just point at the person you think it is. It's a bit, fr- it's a bit friendly in that way. It's friendly, but it's also still terrifying to <laughs> draw a card and be like, oh, shit, I'm the chameleon. <laughs> And like you say, that moment of, oh, fuck, 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 it's coming around to me, what do I say, what do I say? And you, like, I, I, I really struggle in those moments in any games. I'm terrible at, like, social <laughs> deduction games if yeah. I'm, like, the person that's got to lie. I yeah. can't do it. But um, <laughs> the fun moments, of course, as well, if you are the first person to say a word and you are the comedian, and it's starting with you, that is terrifying. Yeah, that is not good at all. <laughs> but no, I think we were all, we were, I was actually, I was shaking. That yeah, game. It, was, it was terrifying, but it was so much fun. It was a lot of fun, a lot last. We only played like three or four rounds as well. Yeah. And there's a lot. There's quite a lot of cards in there. And then you've also got a, an empty board for you to custom do your own sort of topic board with a dry white pen and stuff. So you can keep creating your own ones and that. I think it's a great little purchase um, for any collection. Um, it's just nice and easy um, to play and a bit something a bit different compared to your normal board game as well. I mean, I think it's another winner for big potato games for me because we've got a Barma Llama in the other room. Not actually a Barma with a llama. That would be that'd be cool. <laughs> But yeah, this is our second uh, big potato game, and I yep. think it's the good one. Two thumbs up. Two, two thumbs up. Yeah. Or one of those thumbs, a chameleon. Yeah, you can't see it. Okay. The next game that was new to us this month was a bit of an impulse purchase when I was shopping in Forbidden Planet, a little day trip to Southampton, 
our older stomping ground. Yep. And I saw that Mythos Tales was on sale and I was like, yep, I'm getting that. So yeah, Mythos Tales is a game by Eighth Summit. It's like Sherlock Holmes consulting detective with a Lovecraftian twist. So very similar to that game, but in uh, Mythos Tales you have the um, sanity, you have sanity, sanity penalties. Sanity. That's what so I, I said, thought it was sanitary. I started over it. It's quite embarrassing. I've gone red. Um. <laughs> trying to solve the case, but I don't have the bloody tampons I need. <laughs> oh. Yeah, so you have sanity. Sa- oh my God, it's really hard to say. The sanity penalties. It's where if you, you could, you know, in Sherlock Holmes, detective, you can kind of just go follow whatever lead you like. In this, if you follow a lead that kind of puts you in danger, like because in Lovecraft, there's crazy, scary monsters if you come face to face with one of them, you're going to kind of have a penalty for that potentially at the end of the game, which I think is a nice touch. Yep. Also, they have a time tracker, which I think is a, a very nice addition to Mythos Tales that is missing from. Yeah, I really like the time track. I think it's a great aspect. It's nice to have a bit of pressure. Yeah. In Sherlock Holmes, you kind of just... You can do it for as long as you like until you've like exhausted all of them. I I, I think then... actually you, you do it till, on Sherlock. You do it as long as you like until you actually get exhausted. Yeah, exactly. Because you could go on and on and read great have, passages. Yeah, we have had some serious consulting detective fatigue, haven't we? When we've I, been playing it for hours. I think the, the three or four we've played, there's never been a point where we've gone right. We know the answer. We're going to stop now. It's more just like we we kind of have enough to make a guess, and it's half 11 <laughs> yeah we'd like to sleep now well the mythos this first one we played here was i think 15 turns and that's what we had we had to go from monday morning to like thursday morning or something like that anything we finished our investigation early we did which one, perhaps we probably should have continued early. through because there was yeah. a question that we didn't know the answer to and so it was like but that yeah. was a really nice touch i like that but no it's good and i think there's plenty more surprises to expect so mm-hmm. i'm excited to see other things it's hard to really sort of Discuss it considering the fact we've only played one case and you can't, it's yet another one of these games that you can't really discuss in any detail without spoiling it because mm-hmm. that is the beauty of narrative sort of games like that. Yeah. But so far, <laughs> from the one game, so good. Yeah, like it's, it. it's like a streamlined version, isn't it? It's a bit more. Well, I think it's, too, yeah, it's too early to tell yeah. for me because I, yeah. But uh, I like what I see. Um, already it feels a, lo- a lot darker than Consulting Detective. It's a lot darker. It's, yeah, I mean, r- rituals and grimness. It's horrifying. It was. I did go to, I'm a bit of a scaredy cat and I did go to bed a little bit frightened. A little bit. But yeah, we'll see where that one goes. I'll be excited to review it at the end of it all. Absolutely. It's not the last you'll hear of Mythos Tales. No, definitely not. So, favourite game, Jamie? Uh, it's got to be Rebellion for me. Um, just, yeah. It was just an awesome ride through the galaxy. And it'd be nice to bust that out a few times each year and see how it develops. I think I'm torn equally between Rebellion and Roleplayer for me. Because we were playing Roleplayer a lot at the beginning of the month. Yeah, we need to pick it up again. Actually. Yeah, I would appreciate another game. Another chance to beat you. Um, any games that you want to try out soon? Well, we're off to London on Saturday mm-hmm. for the Tabletop Live Con. Um, and FFG are there with Keyforge, so I definitely really want to get a demo of Keyforge in. Um, and then I th- also want to have a look at their unique board game, uh, whatever it's called, the unique adventures of mysterious stuff. Can't remember wow. what it's called. <laughs> <laughs> They've got that unique board game where it's kind of like an adventure kind of game like Robinson Crusoe, but every single box is different with different components and things like that. Um, I think that might be there. Um, the name escapes me, but I want to have a look at that. 
Um, and then uh, the new pandemic is also going to be something I'm interested in in the future. How about yourself? Um, well, speaking of, yeah, for Tabletop Gaming Live, um, I'm not sure if it's a game I'm going to massively enjoy, but I'm really curious to see how uh, Forbidden Sky plays. So oh, yeah. I'd be interested in having a look at that, even mm-hmm. if it doesn't necessarily totally wet my whistle. Yep. Um, but for me, um, I'm very, very excited because Chronicles of Crime is, is on its way it's to exciting. me and it's the first game I've ever kick-started. Mm-hmm. But I'm very excited because I went for like the ultimate pack. Oh, so this is going to be like so, a box and then inside there's a box and then another box inside it and it's just like loads of loads of extra goodies. Hopefully. Is that what you get? Yeah. Well, no, I'm getting the expansion to the two expansions with it. That's amazing. Basically. See, box, the old glasses. Them, all, the boxes. all of the games. <laughs> it's going to be like bigger than Rebellion Box, isn't yeah. it? Eventually. So it's, it's like the be... base one. There's one called Welcome to Redview, and there's a noir, noir, noir one. Sorry. <laughs> Was that an evil laugh? <laughs> noir, noir, noir. <laughs> yes. Um, but I'm very excited to try that out because, you know, VR innovation. Yep. And all that jazz. It's gonna be great. And I love a good detective game. You so. do. Cool. So another game of a gullible game. Gullible gamer time. I've got three games for you here. Okay. Uh, what I've done this time. So firstly, it's not really a theme, but it's just something that came out in the research of this. Is that all the games have kind of a similar sounding sounds in them in their titles, they... which just really intrigued me. The second sort of theme is their old style family games from the fifties and sixties. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the theme this week. So you ready for this? Yeah, right. Yeah, okay. The first one. Tales, Trees and Monkeys from 1962. So this is quite similar to Kaplunk, um, except that when you remove like the branches, it's not marbles that might fall down. It's like um, little monkeys with tails. Aww. And so the winner is the one who knocks down the fewest monkeys over the course of the game. That's it. That's Tales, Trees and Monkeys. Feely Mealy. See, so there's trees, monkeys, Feely Mealy. There's a running theme. It's great. From 1967. Um, so in this, there's basically a box with a load of items in the middle of the table that you can't see into. Um, someone draws out a card, and then you will have to put your hands in and feel around for that specific item. And the first one to put out the item keeps it, and then the one with the most items at the end of the game wins. Okay. Yeah. Right. So kind of like what's in the box type yeah. thing. Feely mean. <laughs> the last one is Pinky Lee and the Runaway Frankfurters from 1954. Shut up. <laughs> um, this is where players roll dice to uh, advance their wagon down the track and they pick up any Frankfurters they find en route. Um, if you happen to roll and land on someone else's wagon, you get to take their Frankfurters. Um, and the winner is the one with the most Frankfurters after everyone's finished. So that's Pinky Lee and the Runaway Frankfurters from 1954. I feel like number three sounds like some classic Jamie bullshit, but... (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I'm also thrown by your little chuckle just beforehand. Can you just tell me number two again? Feely Mealy. Yes. It's when you've got like that mystery box. Mystery box. Yeah. Number one was... um, Kaplunk with Monkeys. monkeys. Tails, Trees and Monkeys. I mean, I'm hoping that one's not you because that's pretty basic, let's be honest. You can't just take Kaplunk and, you know, add monkeys. (laughs) (laughs) And call it. Okay. (laughs) Oh, I feel bad. Tails, (laughs) Trees and Monkeys. 
Feely Mealy and Pinky Lee and the Runaway Frankfurters. As per usual, there's always one that I really want to play, and this week it's Pinky Lee. <laughs> Would you like to lock in your guess? Mm. I mean, I'm historically bad at this game, so... I think we're 2-2, two, two, so... I mean, I don't think we should count last month, let's be honest. Okay. I mean, you afterwards so approached one. me accusing me of cheating, if I recall. You didn't make up a fake game. So. <laughs> I didn't realise that I had to make up a fake game. Oh, I ne- thought it was clever. Next time we play Scrabble, I'll just play Quijibo and say that it was on The Simpsons. So. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, we can discount that score. I've already said that. Um, but I've only won one of these, that's my point. Um, I am going to... Go for number three. Number three, Pinky Lee. Mm-hmm. You are incorrect. Mwaha. Or should I say, noah, noah, noah. The fake game, if you were going to guess between Tails, Trees and Monkeys and Feely Mealy, which one would you go for as a fake game? Feely Mealy. Oh, I got you, you twice in a row. Tails, Trees and Monkeys is oh, the fake God's game. Oh, for God's sake. You got that so... Basic. I don't even want to say basic again. You can't just take a plunk and. I mean, it worked. I mean, you won. So it, it wasn't. It's nothing like a plunk. It's it's a pot with like branches intersecting and like monkeys with the little tails hanging onto them, and you have to pull out the thing, and then the monkeys fall down. In my head, because <laughs> it's fake, and I won again. Congratulations. Feely Mealy is a game I want because that just sounds amazing fun. I mean, that just sounds like, yeah, like you say, the, the fe- what do you call it? The touchy box game. <laughs> yes, the touchy box game. Kind of like what's in the box. What's in the box as well. Yeah. They play it in Brooklyn Nine-Nine, but they do weird things like sellotape yes. some guy's fake nose to a pair of sunglasses. Everyone's played that at some point. Yeah. But it's it, it just... I didn't know that there was cool an actual... Dream war game. And also the name Feely Mealy. exists. It's yeah. just really funny. and I should have gone for that. I I just was trying to give you some credit because I thought the third one sounded awesome and I thought, you know. I, I love the name. I wish I'd made that other one. Hmm. And, you know, Pinky Lee and the Runaway Frankfurters. It it's sounds, incredible. It's amazing. Um, it also sounds like a fun game to play for a roller move. <laughs> so I win. So it makes me 3-1 then if we're discounting last time. Yes, it overall. does. And I think we should. <laughs> Celebration <Good>. times. <laughs> So, on to our little discussion. <sighs> Let's get deep and emotional. Um, I just kind of wanted to talk a little bit about why why we game, really. Because I was kind of inspired to do um, this discussion. Because I re-watched um, Peace, Love and Games' excellent video, Why Do People Love Board Games? And um, it, it came out quite a few months ago now, and I was one of the people in it where people are holding up like um, notes with, of the reasons that they oh, play yeah. board games. If you haven't already seen it, I have popped a link in the description for this podcast episode, so you can go check it out once you've listened to the rest of this episode, of course. And I thought it'd be interesting to talk about, you know, why why do you play board games? Let's kind of dig deep into that discussion. And also maybe I could set the ball rolling of why board gaming's good for you. That would be good to kind of run through some reasons, because I did a bit of research for this. You did? You've been beaming yeah, away. Yeah, yeah. Uh, about, and try to find, you know, the psychology behind board gaming. Why do, why do we board game? Oof. Um, so, some of the reasons why board gaming is good for you. Um, laughter, described as a side effect of playing board games, which I think <laughs> is fairly accurate. Yep. 
because um, laughter increases your endorphins. Um, they're the chemicals that bring up the feelings of happiness. Um, so sharing laughter and fun can uh, promote empathy, compassion and trust with others. It's um, good for kind of memory formation and cognitive skills, like problem solving, case in point, like where we were talking about with uh, role player. Mm-hmm. The hippocampus and prefrontal cortex especially benefit from playing board games. So yeah, those are the areas of the brain that are responsible for complex thought and memory formation. Well, I hope I'm not putting you to sleep just yet. They, uh, board games speed up your responses. Um, it says... Oh, hip- the hippocampus. <laughs> What did you... What? That was a delayed response joke. Oh! Oh. Carry on. (laughs) Ah, this is is interesting, I think. I find it interesting. Um, If you play board games, in time you might be better at finding things that you've lost. Scientists at the University of Toronto in Canada assessed two groups' ability to search for and find an object. The results showed that study participants who regularly played video games were far quicker at locating the target than those that didn't play. Wow. So... It makes you smart. Smart. And uh, kind of the biggest one for me, really, board games reduce stress. Board games are excellent ways to kick back and relax. According to an online survey by Real Networks, a casual games developer, 64% of respondents said they play games as a way to unwind and relax, and 53% play for stress relief. Those people have never played Eldritch Horror. No, clearly not. I thought this was interesting about psychology behind board gaming in particular. Having control is motivating and is important for developers to design games that offer immediate feedback through controls. It all works on that kind of circle of feeling and accomplishment, which in turn makes you want to continue playing. So there's a a fine balance of kind of enjoyment and difficulty. Mm -hmm. Uh, Many players seeking easy fun also point to the sheer enjoyment of kind of activities games offer so like for things that are more like narrative games i suppose kind of fall in more into that category where it's not about winning or losing it's about exploring adventure story kind of escapism um there's a lot of what you might say from uh so like uses and gratifications um so it's about why we you know do that and what what benefits and what rewards we get from them it's quite interesting um and yeah, escapism, especially with the narrative games, it's almost like watching, uh, going to the cinema, watching a film or reading a book or something like that with those sort of games where you can um, get into the mindset of other characters, which is always really interesting as well. Yeah, definitely for me, I I think it is one of my biggest draws to board gaming is this kind of, the, the escapism that it provides. Um, it's a pleasant distraction, <laughs> let's put it that way. I like... Uh, it gives you a means of taking some time away from kind of the real world to get lost in a story and create like because um, we talk about this a lot again I'm mentioning up again creating stories in board games it's one of my favorite things the little mini micro stories they provide and like you say the cinematic epic moments mm-hmm. I love those um and kind of telling us because I think the thing is with board gaming those are pretty particularly unique aren't they you're never going to recapture those same moments where you know let's say you're playing a video game for the first time yeah you get those moments but it's very hard to kind of necessarily have unique ones time after time and it's escapism and it feels like it's sort of productive escapism if that makes sense so going back to kind of those things being mentioned there it is kind of a bit of a, a puzzle and a challenge yeah so I'm playing to kind of maybe 
it's a happy form of escapism but it's also that idea that you're you kind of um triumphant it, you know we all, essentially i think we don't win enough in life do we it's nice to yep it's nice to win yep. every now and then and kind of feel smart yep. clever i think productive escapism hits the nail on the head really because whether it's a fact that there's not much control you have in other areas of life when you get to a board game and you know the rules there's a logic to everything you can excel in those within those rules it's quite a nice sort of thing to have um so like you said you're going offline you're playing these games but it rewards still logical thinking and it's but it's not doesn't carry the stresses of everyday life it's a way to sort of succeed and you know play with that sort of environment um which i think is really important so i'd say productive escapism is very good and i think i i I agree with what you say there about control as well because as someone with anxiety specifically kind of social anxiety Mm -hmm. i tend to panic when i'm not feeling in control of either like you know how i'm physically responding in a situation or how i I, i'm like play by play kind of like dissecting conversations and getting panicked and flustered and i i hate that feeling of kind of losing control and just sort of going oh my god you're an idiot charlotte stop it so you know and it just kind of spirals from there and i think board games there's something really pleasant and pleasing about having rules just you know having rules following them like yeah and having control over that micro world that you're creating like terraforming mars it's like right i'm gonna yeah. go for this strategy i'm gonna do this and i, I like that I kind of having opportunities to do that yeah, and also i suppose in kind of slightly related topic to control i think there's also a lot to be said perhaps i'm not so much talking about when i'm playing games with you but playing games with friends perhaps family it's a way of spending time together that doesn't necessarily put so much focus on all of like the small talks you can talk as much or as little as you like when you're playing a game you know there's room for for that but it allows you to interact with people in a way that's kind of maybe a bit more comfortable to someone that's introverted it puts rules on social interactions which is fantastic (laughs) yes well put well put and also i think it's a great way to spend time with your other half i think there's a lot to be said for board gaming as a couple Mm mm-hmm and it kind of gives you sort of inside jokes, stories and stuff to yep. chat about, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. I have enjoyed discovering games with you and playing games with you and winning. <laughs> you, you do beat me a lot, I do yeah. Beat you quite a lot. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I suppose this is probably more of a an aside. Like, I love video games, mm-hmm. but I think time to time it can, they can be quite isolating sometimes yep. i certainly feel that the sort of games i play yeah i don't play like um online co-op games or any uh, first person shooty type of games where you're kind yeah. of multiplayer i play kind of those rpg um what are they called like sort of open open, open world sort of that's it or like um sort of point and click uh, yep. narrative type games and Obviously, neither of those lend themselves well to kind of interacting no. with other people. You're going to quite focus, singular and focus on that game. And I think, it, yeah, it can be isolating to other people sometimes if you're too lost in game, uh, video game world. But I'm not, I'm not saying anything negative about video games at all because I love them. But I do think that some, and certainly sometimes I feel conscious of when I'm playing video games is that it's like, oh, then I kind of tend to feel a bit guilty sometimes if I haven't spent time yeah. with you. Or likewise, I think um, 
in a similar respect I sometimes then feel like I've kind of not used my time as constructively or feel like I've wasted time like I can absolutely put a ton of hours into the sims and then be like what did I really achieve (laughs) and you know maybe I'm sort of shaming myself there and just kind of guilting myself for no reason you've probably got a good three-story mansion if you spent that much time on the sims honestly no i hate building again (laughs) character creation oh yeah you never actually get to the house (laughs) i like the people in the stories (laughs) i hate building houses but yeah do you have any other thoughts is there any other kind of thing reasons why you enjoy board gaming as a hobby um, I, I do a lot of thinking outside the game, especially for games such as X-Wing. Um, it's just nice to theorise and formulate ideas and theories and strategies. It's the same with some games like Civilization on the video game, video games there, where there's a bit of a meta game and a bit of thinking outside the, you know, away from the game before you come and approach it again. So I've always had a, a little uh, sort of nudge towards strategy games, tactical games, as things I really like. Um, and I think that's that's nice to have. So it's not just that one experience either. You can go away and think about it again and approach it in a different way. And that's quite nice. I quite like that. Because you can't really do that with TV and things like that. You can't just no. go and rewatch a series and approach it from a different way. It doesn't work. Um, so it's nice to come back to games like that with a lot of replay value. Yeah, definitely. Which I quite fun. That's a good, good thought. I like that. So that's it for another episode of that A Competitive it? Couple. That's September. Yes. So, I mean, at the time this has been released, we'll have been to tabletop gaming life we will have on the 29th so we're very excited to chat all about it on next month's podcast yep i would have also attended my first x-wing tournament so you know you may be hearing from a winner (laughs) (laughs) no not if the practice games have got anything right oh no so that'll be fun but i promise i'll keep that chit chat to less than 30 seconds so if you enjoyed this podcast and want to hear more about our adventures in London and my X-Wing successes, <clears throat> please do subscribe to the podcast wherever you choose to listen to them, be that Acast or another podcast provider. Um, I don't know, name one. iTunes. That's a big one. I've heard of that. <laughs> Acast, iTunes, Podwatch. That's I don't know. Listen. Podbean. Podbean. Has Podwatch not one, but Podbean is one. I don't understand. If you use Podbean, brilliant for you. Um, please leave us a review. Leave us a rating if you can. doesn't have to be five stars. We'll settle for four stars. We're not greedy. <laughs> and a positive-ish review. We'd love that. Um, even just like a small little emoji would be grand of you. We'd really enjoy that. Um, you can also follow us at other various social media accounts, Charlotte. Which ones are those? You can follow us at Competitive Duo on Twitter and at A Competitive Couple on Instagram. If social media is not your thing for whatever reason you can email us at a competitive couple at gmail.com failing that there's always a carrier pigeon bat signal or bat signal that's the way to go could you imagine though like a meeple like lighting up the sky at Absolutely. night I think that and we're like great. it's time <laughs> we must go now <laughs> I don't there's, know where there's, there's like no idea <laughs> there's <laughs> a new UA Rosenberg game to review <laughs> I'm trying to think of a Batman quote and I can't actually wherever there's that's no that's not quite he's not the hero we need right now but he's the hero we deserve that's definitely wrong <laughs> but it's what kind it? of dark knight it's, he's it, what is the quote I mean, some, we're getting sidetracked it's something it. like that is what i'll say on that matter but yeah do, do reach out to us if if you want please do what games are you playing what's your favorite games what are you looking forward to receiving in your christmas stocking 
if they're small games <laughs> outside the Christmas stocking. Jeez. Oh, you know, it's Black Friday, you know, here or there coming up soon. There might be some game deals. People are probably going to buy games for Christmas. There's probably going to be another seven varieties of Monopoly between now and Christmas to, you know, really Fortnite get... Fortnite Monopoly. I should have included that in my news. Fortnite Monopoly. There's now a Fortnite Monopoly. That's, I mean, th- there's going to be loads between now and Christmas to yep, take a pick. Um, I just said Indidios. <laughs> I regret it immensely. Indidios. Brilliant word. Fantastic stuff. So we'll see you uh, next month then. Uh, keep checking the website for a few more reviews. Hopefully there'll be a few more to come as well. The Chameleon should be going up soon. We've had a few new ones such mm-hmm. as... Go check out Legacy of Dragonholt. Legacy of Dragonholt's up there as well. So, um... You can uh, have a read of our feelings on that. Um, Top notch. Yeah, so we'll uh, see you at the end of October. See you at the end of October. Halloween. Halloween episode. Halloween special. Let us know maybe what what you'd be wanting us to cover or do or discuss. You know. We'll do it in fancy dress. Really, will we? But no, they won't know. (laughs) Oh, yes. We will be wearing fancy dress and yes. It'll be wonderful. Ta-da! Tally-ho! The music in this podcast is all courtesy of Kevin McLeod at Incomtech.com Licensed under Creative Commons The track used in this episode was Oblivion 